Hi guys, welcome to the first ever 90 day detox video. Um, this episode is going to kind of just be an intro as to how I met the narc, um, when I left the narc, um, in our relationship. It'll kind of go into how I got trapped into that relationship, um, which later led me to having to escape that marriage. And some of the things that I found out about that person um, and what I found out about myself. Um, as we go into future episodes, we'll kind of get more into the 90 days after leaving an arc and some tips and advice that really does help you get through the first 90 days. They say it takes 90 days to build a habit. So if we can get through the first 90 days after leaving the narc, we'll be in a really good place. Okay, so story time. So I actually went to school with my narc. Um, so I did know him. We went to high school together. Um, didn't really know too much about him in high school. I didn't remember him um, exactly. So when he reached out, his face was familiar, but it wasn't like, oh, I had this class with him or X, Y, and Z. He was just very familiar. Um, so when he reached out to me, I was in a situationship. I'm going to be honest as to what that was. I was in a situationship with this man that I truly loved that just didn't love me. And I didn't want to accept that. I wanted that person to be the one. And honestly, I wasn't mature enough because he had children. I wasn't mature enough and I wasn't in the head frame that I wanted to be a stepmother. I wanted to be his one and only. I wanted to be his everything. When in actuality, uh, he probably... I he had someone else. Like, I don't even have to question that. He had someone else. And I was just in denial as to think that, you know, he just disappears because he's so busy. I don't, I don't know. Um, so I was, I was in a situationship. So when he reached out, my initial thought was, okay, well, I'm just going to flirt with this person to get back at the person that I was with. Yes, it, that makes absolutely no sense because obviously the person that I was with didn't know I was flirting with somebody else. So hurt my own self there. Um, but I wanted to get back at him. So I kind of let the flirting happen. So when he reached out to me, he was just kind of he did the basics, you know, you're smart, you're beautiful, you were this amazing person in high school, and I was so afraid to talk to you, you're a triple threat, you know, the flattery. Um, he asked me some questions about what I was up to, what I was doing, what I liked to do, um, probing questions for most narcissists, but, you know, those are questions that people normally ask you when they're getting to know you, so you don't think anything of it. Um, he did let me know that he had a girlfriend. He said that he was in a relationship and he was stationed overseas and that he just didn't know if it was going to work out, but he promised her that he would keep trying until they got back. And I was like, okay. Um, honestly, I, I wasn't physically attracted to my narcissist. So with him flirting and saying all these sweet things to me, it was something that I was missing from my current relationship. So it bent my ego kind of. It was something that I needed, um, which it's weird. It's, I, I needed that confirmation that I wasn't ugly or that I was worthwhile. And he was giving me that. So for him to give me that, I fed into it. So he told me he had a girlfriend and I was like, okay, we'll make it work. But in my head, I was like, well, dang, like, then why are you flirting with me? He, he told me when he got 
back from Afghanistan. He wanted to take me out on a date. And I was like, oh, okay, sure, yeah, I'll show you around. But in my head, I'm just like, okay, like, I'll show you around. You have a girlfriend. I'm flirting with him knowing that he's not available. So he asked for my number, or actually he gave me his number, then I gave him mine. And he was very smart about this. He knew certain things not to say on that app, that social media app. And we kind of took it offline um, and started to talk. Now, the relationship progressed super fast, so fast. Um, And when I say so fast, I think we were already to the I love you's within two months, already planning to be married, engaged within two months. Now, I don't, obviously, that's a huge red flag. And I was already in a headspace that wasn't healthy. So when he came and he swooped in and he was the opposite of the man that I was dating, I was like, this must be from God. Like, this is what I've prayed upon. This is what I've asked. And I was looking at it in a different way because I was like, okay, I was with this man who was physically attractive Um, like everything that I wanted a husband to be except for faithful (laughs) he was that um so my my ex-boyfriend you know he had the physical look and he had this accent and it was like everything that I wanted but my narcissist was the complete opposite he was everything that I didn't want he was overweight I wasn't physically attracted to him he was a a skin color that I, I didn't honestly care too much about I mean it's vain but I didn't really care too much about it um so I wasn't attracted to him but he was giving me the emotional that I needed so he was very attentive he listened to me he he responded to my text he reached out to my text uh he texted me to make sure I got home um if I was working late at night even though there was a time difference so it kind of worked out for us because he was stationed overseas and I remember I started to fall for him and I was like why am I falling for him but when you look back at it he's love bombing me he's giving me literally everything that I needed he's giving me these compliments I was getting flowers like every week or every two weeks being sent to me and I had never well actually I did receive flowers from another man but I had never received flowers like that before like it was so constant where it wasn't giving me the time to be like okay why is he doing this what is he saying um and something that he had said in our first initial conversation on social media was he didn't speak to me in high school because he had a really big ego but he still has an ego it's just not that big ding super red flag right of course it is but I didn't see it that way because in my head I was like hey I don't even like this person like I'm just flirting with him trying to make someone jealous who doesn't even know I'm talking to him so eventually I started to fall for it and I said you know what this is from God this is what I've been praying for like a godly man he recited bible verses to me he he said let's we'll pray together and if it's God willing and all of these things that I was like yes 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 like this is what it's supposed to be um so I eventually fell for that and I remember I was like okay well I'm not like super attracted to him but Don't be vain. Don't be that vain that, you know, this person that God has given to you that you're going to let it pass because you're not fully physically attracted to him. Now, mind you, he's not like super ugly and like this mud duck. I he's just not attractive to me. He's not the person that I see myself like dating. Like if I had to pick someone out of a lineup, it would not be him. 
as an attraction, like I'm not attracted to him. So, um, as we talk more, you know, he goes into the, I love yous and this is what we're going to do all this future faking. And in my head, I'm just like, this is going to be great. Yes. It's super quick. And in my head, I knew it was super quick as well. I was like, okay, how am I going to explain to my family that, you know, I'm getting married and I've known this guy for two months. And I remember telling my sister, I was like, he literally is everything that I've prayed for. Like, I know it's weird, but I feel like he's my soulmate. And I know so many of us that are in narcissistic relationships, they get us by making us feel that we are their soulmates. And that's how they get us because you're just like, I didn't know this feeling could be possible. Um, We had talked about, you know, wanting to start a family and getting married, getting a house, moving back to the West Coast. Everything just aligned. Um, I remember the first injury that he tried to cause me or even triangulation. And he knew it was a very big day for me. So I don't know if this is why he decided to bring it up to hurt me. Um, But I had a very big um, meeting with my job. And it was the first time like I was going out with corporate and they were taking me to the, the corporate headquarters. And I was so excited to go. Um, and he had reached out to me and he was like, oh, I need to tell you something. I just hope you don't look at me differently. And I just don't know how to say this, but I really need to tell you because I don't want any lies between us. I'm sorry. I'm laughing because obviously all they do is lie. (laughs) But, um, and so I call him and we talk and I was like, okay, what is it? And he was like, okay, I just really don't want you to think about me differently. And I love you so much. And I just don't want to lose you pity party. He was already having And in my head. I'm just like, okay, well, what is it like? what is it? And I'm already just like, okay, okay, like, whatever. So he goes and he lets me know that he has been married before. And to put into preference, we had talked about getting married, of course, and that, you know, none of us ever saw ourselves getting married. And so that was really huge for me, because now he's coming back to tell me he was actually married. And he had been married to an older woman that his family did not like her, and that his grandmother sent him money to get away from her. He did admit that he cheated on her because he was young and immature and he was just over it. Obviously, so many red flags. He's telling me who he is and I'm not listening. I'm only hearing the fact that he's telling me this was in the past. His family didn't like her. I'm like, oh, his family's going to love me. They're going to love me. People love me. I'm a sweet person. So I was like, that won't happen to me. That won't happen to me. Okay, um... It was when he was younger and he owned up to cheating and he won't do it again. I was like, okay, well, you know, I'm a great person. So he's not going to cheat on me. Like I'm not an older woman. That's where he went wrong. He was with an older woman. Um, And I remember crying and I was so hurt. And in the back of my head, I was like, what? Like, why would you just, we, we stayed up all night and he knew I had to get up early And it was a big thing for me. And I remember like, I was just so crushed. Like, mind you, I was, I had a boyfriend before who I wanted to be his everything. And I wasn't. And then I meet this person who I think is my soulmate, who could be my everything. And then he, he deals me that crushing blow that he was married. So immediately I'm like, okay, well, I need to see divorce papers. I need to make sure that you're fully divorced. Cause that was the first thing in my head. I wanted to make sure I wasn't messing with the married man. What I should have did is really read the divorce decree, but that's another story. 
So I remember that day, like getting up for work and like me getting off the phone and telling him like, okay, I got to get up and I, I just, I have to get ready for work. And I was so tired and drained. I w- my, I mentally was not there that day. And it was like this big, important thing for me. And I, I mentally couldn't be there because I was thinking about what he said to me. Mind you, throughout the whole day, he's texting me, he's doing all this stuff and, um, you know, making sure I'm okay. And I was just so hurt and in my head. I was like, well, this is my escape. This is my chance to get out. Something went, listen to your intuition. Like that is my biggest thing. Like my intuition kept warning me, don't do it. Get out, get out. This is not of God, but I, I never took it to God. I never did. I just assumed this was from God because I had been praying on it in my, um, my spiritual life had had gotten a lot stronger so I was like this is what God has promised me I'm so excited and I never took it to God like God is this man from you is he for like is 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 he the one and I never did that and I I know in the future of course that's what I, I take everything to God now but um I remember that day because I was just so hurt. But then I was like, okay, this is my way out. I was like, boom. And I remember I was like, okay, this is it. I'm done. Like, I don't even care. Like, I don't care about this person. And I either I get home that day or the next day I have, I'm sorry, flowers. Mind you, he was sending me flowers like every two weeks. So I was constantly having flowers. Like it was something that he would do. It was sweet um, words and notes. And now I'm getting, I'm sorry, flowers. And they came pretty quick. So I was like, either he already knew or he had them rushed, delivered. Um, and now they're, I'm sorry, flowers. And I had, I remember talking to him. I was like, I don't want your, I'm sorry, flowers. I want honesty and truth from you. And you lied to me. And he was like, I promise you, I'm never going to do it again. So fast forward into our relationship. He's basically coming home from deployment. And I'm super excited because now I'm just like, okay, well, we got through this one thing. We're going to get you know, we're just going to start our lives and figure it out. So <laughs> we're, we meet for the first time around Christmas time. Cause he magically gets back in time, which I don't know. I don't even know how that, like how it all worked out. But I remember he got back right before Christmas and I was homesick. So I was living in the um, opposite side of where I was from and I was homesick. Like I wasn't going to be able to go home. And then he, he had mentioned, he was like, well, why don't you have your sister come out? And I was like, that's a really good idea. I'll have my sister come out. She can meet him. And then I'll have my sister for the holidays. So I, my sister comes out for Christmas and then he's coming. It's the first time we're all meeting basically. <laughs> so it's the first time that I'm meeting him again after eight, nine years after high school. Um, and it's the first time my sister will meet him. So I go pick him. I mean, he, we had already knew we were going to get engaged. We had already talked about being engaged and I was vain in that sense of, I still wanted to make that other man jealous and I needed a ring and I wanted people at work to know I was going to get engaged. I needed, I needed that proof. And I remember him telling me, well, I don't know if I'm going to have a ring in time. And I was like, well, if you don't have a ring, then we're just not doing it. Like, I remember saying that, like, no, this is what I need. And it wasn't the fact that I wanted to spend my rest of my life with him. And so I needed a ring. It was literally to go show off. Like, I really needed to make this other man jealous. And I needed people at work to see this ring. Like, 
validated. I needed to feel validated. That's what it was. I did not feel validated from the other relationship because he was never around. There were no, there were limited pictures of us. Um, there was limited time spent together. And now I have this other man who wants to shower me with all this stuff. And so I wanted to prove to myself, like I'm worthy. He's giving me all of this stuff, not materialistic stuff, but just like attention wise. So I was like, no, I need a ring X, Y, Z. So he, Originally, he said he was going to propose at um, the airport. He was like, well, how would you feel if I proposed at the airport? And I was like, OK, do whatever you got to do. And I remember running late that day. So he was already upset. So when I go to meet him, he's just like, hey, so then we hug and then we go back to the hotel room to get him all settled in. And I remember like him getting out of the car and walking into um, the hotel. And I remember looking at him and being like, "Uh oh. I was not attracted to him in person still too. Like he walked on his tippy toes or something. And I just looked at him and I was like, that's going to be the man I spend the rest of my life with. I was like, okay, sure. Um, I remember the first time seeing him undressed, not attracted to him. Um, He had like this, I just was not physically attracted to him. Like don't have to go into his body. I just was not attracted to him. So, um, my sister meets him for the first time. So he tells me what he wants for Christmas. And of course I get it. I think it was like either a PlayStation or an Xbox, something. He had me order some coats for him, which look, thinking back now, made no sense. He was in Afghanistan. He was like, oh, can you order these coats for me and I'll pay you back? And in my head, I'm just like, well, obviously you send me flowers. So you have a debit card. Why can't you order it for yourself? Obviously, it's because he's trying to figure out how much he can get from me. So I got him everything he wanted for Christmas. And what I got for Christmas was tickets to a basketball game, which was honestly for him and sports jerseys. So I was like, okay, just not adding up. Like, mind you, I wasn't a materialistic person. So it wasn't like, oh, if I spend this much on you, you need to spend this much on me. But it was like the thoughts that count. Like, what are, what did you get me? And I, I can also understand like if my, my engagement ring was the gift, that's perfectly fine. Like, but make it into a gift. Like he proposed literally in bed. Like he literally, I, I found the ring, um, because I was going to the ATM to get some money out for my sister. Um, and he gave me his jacket and then the jacket hit the door and then I was like, Oh, what is this? And I, I, I pulled it out and it's a box and he was like, Oh, and then he just kind of took it. And I, was, I smiled because obviously I knew it was a, a, a wedding ring. I honestly don't know if like that's why he did it or not. But so the next day is Christmas morning. And he's like, he literally just rolled over and looked at me. And he was like, well, since you saw it already, here you go. And that was how he, he proposed to me. Like that was literally the proposal. And I was like, okay, that was a huge letdown. My sister had already told him how to propose to me. And she said her dream has always been to be proposed to in front of the Eiffel Tower. We were going to Disney World uh, as our vacation to like get to know each other and all this other stuff. So that would have been the perfect time to propose in front of the Eiffel Tower at Disney World. So he already knew like what I wanted in a proposal and like things that would make me happy. And of course, he did not stick to that. Um... So <laughs> that that was a red flag for her already. And another red flag for my sister was she asked him 
what why my sister like why do you love her what do you love so much about her and he was like oh she's beautiful and also that she's willing to move for me and she my sister was like that's it that's that's why you love her and in and I've act, I remember asking him many times like why do you like me like what is it and he was like oh you know you're just different he never could ever to the day we we departed give me a solid answer as to why you love me and it's obviously because narcissists do not love so we go on our first trip together and I think it was, um, I want to say it was after New Year's because I don't think we spent New Year's together. I don't honestly remember a hundred percent or it was like right after Christmas before New Year's. Um, and we're going to Disney World. So this is the first time we're traveling together. The first time I've traveled with, um, a male partner or anything else like that. So we get to the hotel it was a long flight and we're already kind of just like going at each other. And I was like, you know what? I just need food. I'm hangry. Like I'm, I'm not good to anybody if I'm hangry. And it was something about Disney World. He loved like Disney. And I don't know if he used to go with like his ex-wife, but like it was something about Disney that he just, we could go to Disney World all the time and he would not get tired and just be very repetitive. So it had to be something from his previous life that or previous relationship that he constantly wanted to do that still. Cause I was like, I like Disney, but my man, like we're doing the same thing all the time. Like I don't need to go to Disney world every two weeks. Um, so we get to Disney and it's our first vacation. You know, we've only known each other for a little bit. So obviously I want to be as sweet as possible. And I, you know, I want to be as understanding and I'm usually honestly a pretty easy person to get along with and please. Like I don't have like, crazy list of anything you have to do to make me happy um I remember we got into a huge fight there because he saw one of my male friends text me and he went off um so we're arguing and he blocks me into the hotel and I can't get out and I'm just like move like he literally blocked the door and he tried to take my phone and I was like what is wrong with you he was like do you think I didn't see that that dude texting you you don't think I saw him you don't think I saw him and I was like that's my friend now in my in my head I knew that this friend liked me so that's why I was kind of like well you know he does like me but honestly he's a friend he likes me but he's a friend Um, so I kind of felt guilt from that because I was like, well, he likes me, but this man is literally flipping out. And I thought this man was like on drugs or something like he's sweating. He's like these bug eyes. I honestly thought he was going to choke me to death in the hotel room. So I finally escaped and I'm running through the hotel literally. Um, and I, I call my sister. I'm like, he's crazy. I'm done with him. And I just can't, I can't, this is crazy. Like this man is crazy. And then I'm talking to my sister and she was like, well, where is he? He's like, I don't know. He chased me out the hotel. I don't even want to go back to the hotel room. Um, And then I was like, she was like, well, you know, he did just get back from Afghanistan. And mind you, I don't blame my sister because it's like, this is what we thought. He just got back from Afghanistan. Like it's a whole time difference, mood change, all of this stuff. There's a lot going on. And for him, like him seeing that might have hurt his feelings and he doesn't know how to express it. He might have PTSD and you need to deal with that. And I was like, you're right. I, you know, I felt guilt because he had just gotten back from a deployment and, you know, he, he jumped right into this. 
we had been arguing pretty consistently since we had first met. Like it, it just honestly was never like a smooth selling from Christmas on. Like there was always something that we were arguing about, which is a red flag in itself. Like you're meeting the person that's your soulmate in person and you're constantly arguing with this person, like red flag. So I remember going back to the hotel room and him just being so somber and sad. And I was like, well, maybe it was a one-time thing. And him talking to me, um, we had like another day in our vacation. So I remembered like just trying to play blank and being like, you know what, Manika, you just, you act like everything is okay. Everything's okay. And you'll be fine. So I remember just having no emotion and he was like you know what's wrong and I want the the person that you used to be and in my head I'm just like you just like went 51 cuckoo on me and you want me to be normal like that's not normal I'm not gonna be hugging and kissing on you because I don't want to be around you so he was just like I just want that person back and I remember on the the flight back I was like okay as soon as we land I'm never I'm blocking him from everything I'm never talking to him like this like this is my out for real for real like the last time I thought I had an out but now for surely I have an out and that didn't end up happening obviously um so he was just like I'm gonna get some counseling I'm gonna get help please just stick by me please don't leave me um I'm so sorry I I I gotta I'm gonna prove to you that this wasn't me and that I'll never do it again and I promise you like this won't ever happen And in my head, I'm just like, yeah, yeah, I can't wait for this plane to leave for you to go back to where you live and I can go back to where I live. Mind you, we didn't live in the same state at the time because he had just gotten back from the deployment. Um, So I was just like, I cannot wait. In my heart of heart, I was done. I was like, thank you, Jesus. I don't have to deal with this man and I am done. So we get, and I guess in my head, I felt... I felt like I kind of had to stay because we got engaged over Christmas. And when I tell you that man posted that so quickly on, on social media, I didn't even have a chance to blink. I don't even know if that ring was on my finger for longer than two hours before it was posted everywhere on social media. And I, I, we had the same, I wouldn't even call them friends because they're not friends, but we had we went to the same school, so we knew the same people. And I felt kind of embarrassed to be getting engaged and literally break up within a week. And so I felt like I had to stay. Like I felt pressured into staying already. He had already posted multiple photos of me. And I'm just like, I normally don't post like who I'm dating or myself. I don't like taking pictures. So I don't post a lot. So Um, And I'm more introverted and he was an extrovert. So I was like, okay, well, he just likes social media, whatever. But, you know, it was a trap. Honestly, it was a trap. It was, you're posting all these pictures, one, to make another person jealous. And two, it traps me into this situation. So after he had this, this fast out session with me and promised to change, he honestly did for about a good three to four months. Everything started to get better. He was calm. He was understanding you know, there were, there were no more fights. And I was like, okay, well, he changed. Wow. Okay. Well, maybe he, he, he went to counseling and he was going to do better. So we decided to move in together. Um, so I needed to look for another job and he, we were going to, we were 
choosing or trying to figure out if it was going to be on the East Coast or if we were going to go back to the West Coast since we're both from the West Coast. I could not get a job on the West Coast. I couldn't find a store and he also could not find a job. He ended up getting an opportunity in Florida. So then I found an opportunity in Florida. So it kind of all worked out. Um, So I was like, okay, well, we'll just go to Florida. We'll move to Florida. So we move in together. Obviously, the first week was terrible. Um, But once again, I told myself, I'm just adjusting to living with a man for the first time. I'm honestly adjusting to that because I wasn't used to it. So I had female roommates, but I'd never lived with a man before. And I'm very blunt. I don't, some people can say that, see it as being rude, but I'm very blunt. Like if I don't like something, I don't like it. I'm not going to be like, oh yeah, maybe. Um, But with him, I knew like men could be more sensitive. So I was like, okay, well, let me tiptoe around certain things. And I felt like that's what I needed. I'm also an introvert and I need time to myself. And he didn't understand that. He needed to be under me all the time. But that's also what narcissists do to get you hooked on them. And so he felt bad that I needed my own space that I didn't want to be up under him. I mean, let's honestly, I wasn't also attracted to him. So I didn't feel the urge to want to be up under him. Um at all times so we struggled in that first house because obviously it's two personalities um becoming one and I remember telling my sister I was like he's just so selfish like he only thinks about himself like it's not about us it's it's usually about him um mind you he had lied to me and when he was in overseas he had told me he had a house and that he was going to be selling his house when he got back into the states because he wanted to move to Vegas And I was like, oh, okay. Mind you, he didn't have a house. His ex-wife had a house. He told me that all of his stuff was in storage because when he got deployed, you know, his, his friend took everything. Come to find out he had nothing because of the divorce. So when I went to his house, he had all like new bachelor furniture. Like you could tell it was all new, but it was all cheap new. Um... And I was just like, okay, so he lied about like (laughs) his situation and he had just rented an apartment there too. So it was kind of like, okay, like, and I get it. Like you were deployed, like why keep an apartment? All that one, like, I don't care, but you could tell like he didn't have much and he was pretending like you can tell he just didn't have it. So we move into this house together. Mind you, we had been planning to move in. For for a little bit. And so we were saving. Like that was the whole point. Like we're going to be moving in together. We need to save. We move. He doesn't have enough money for the move. And he comes to me and he's just like, well, I I underestimated how much this was going to cost. And I don't have any more money. And we're talking as the movers are moving our stuff in. And I'm like, what do you mean you don't have any more money? In my head, that's what I'm saying. I'm just like, okay. And he was like, I just feel so bad. I feel like I let you down being the person that I am I was like well if I have it you have it like don't ever think that like we're a team like this is what you know this is what we're doing like 
or moving in together. So if I have it, you have it. So I had to pay for the move. I had to pay for the furniture. I had to pay for the movers. I had to pay for all of these things, but I also had the money. So I've never been greedy about money. Like if I have it, you have it. And so I was just like, okay, well, I need to work on his finances because obviously he's an overspender. Um, and that can't happen. Like, that's one thing, like I refuse to do is to run myself into debt, trying to impress people. Like if I don't have it, I don't have it. I'm not, I'm just not going to do it. So we, we live together and things are okay. Obviously there's fights, but then there's, there's good times. And you know, in my head, I'm just like, you know, I just don't know if I could do this for the rest of my life with this man. Like once this lease is up, maybe I'll go back home. Now, uh, <laughs> he, I don't even know how, like I found out, like, I don't know if it was a message or something that I saw. I honestly don't know how, but I remember the first time I found out he was like flirting slash cheating. And I was like, are you kidding me? Like, how is this even possible that you are cheating on me? Not to say that I'm Bane and I just look so much better than you, but honestly, like the sex was not good. And I was like, there's no way he could ever cheat with that. Like there's just no way a woman is going to accept that he he has to have low self-esteem because of it. And it's, it's just not happening. I knew that was secure. I was like, ain't no way he out there with that cheating just not happening Uh, I'm I'm over here making it work and it's just not happening so I and I don't even know if it was like physical cheating but it was emotional cheating the first well the first thing that I saw and so I was just he had said like he was talking to this girl and he was like oh um I just got out of a relationship it's it was nothing serious and she was like oh well let me know if I need to step aside he was like no it's okay you're all right and I was like you you not in nothing serious I said do you know we live together we like what are you talking about (laughs) like you are married okay and so I had a fit and I remember we're just arguing and I was it took me back to Disney again like where I had to escape he tried to take my keys he tried to block me in I remember reaching out to his family and saying, like, can you call him? He's literally breaking stuff in the house. Like, can you call him? Like, he needs to calm down. And so I was like, can you call his grandmother? Like, somebody just needs to call him and calm down. So, like, I I go to my car and I'm just like, I need to find a hotel to stay at for the night. And so I get, I don't know if his family calls him or they don't believe me. I honestly don't know. But I knew, like, I had just gotten this place with him. My credit was amazing. So I was like, now my credit is going to be ruined because of him, because now I have to break this lease. And he knew that was something that was important to me, my credit. And so I eventually go back, like he, he calms down. He, he's doing the crying, the whole story. And then, um, that's when he was like, well, maybe we should do couples counseling. And I was like, no, you need to do counseling. Like there's something wrong with you. Like you're literally sitting here having a conversation that you're not in a relationship and we live together. Like, what is wrong with you? So at that point, I'm just like, I'm going to write this lease out. Like, I'm going to make it to this lease out and then I'm done. I'm I'm going back home and I'm done. I hated Florida. I did not like my job. I was depressed. I had gained 30 pounds of weight and I was dealing with someone like 
that I just did not love, but I was constantly being hoovered back in. So it would be, you know, he, he says something or does something and I'm done. And then he goes back to hoovering and love bombing me back into the situation. Like, okay, well, he's not that terrible person. Maybe he can change. Still hoping this man can change. Like, what can I do to get you to change? And in my head, I kept telling myself, well, there's no way he's physically cheating. All of this is emotional cheating, Monica. Like, you need to grow up. Maybe you need to stop being so mean um, and be a little bit softer and understand his feelings. And maybe this is why it's happening. I'm not giving him enough attention. I'm not giving him what he needs. I, I put a lot of blame on myself. Um, I also, at that time, still have my male friends texting me. And I've always had male friends. And so that was something that he did not like. And so every time that would happen, it would cause like a fight or, you know, a discussion. And so I blame myself and I was like, well, they are still calling. So maybe that is the problem. Like, you know, I can't get mad at him for doing this. And my male friends are texting me in actuality. It's just like, those are my friends. Like they have the right to text me. What you're doing is something completely different. You're, you're letting, you're making people think that you're, you're not with someone. So I remember him so when I first met my anarch he was working at a um rental car place and he left that job to go to a bank job that he said he was offered a position there so that's why we moved to Florida he ended up getting a position there he was at that job for maybe six months well, it had to be almost a year. He was there almost a year because he was there for pretty much the whole time that we lived in Florida. And he got fired from that job for doing some shady crap with a female, like obviously flirting with a woman, um, trying to help her out, did some underhanded stealing or whatever he did. Honestly, to this day, I do not know what he did to get fired from that job, but it came at a terrible time because we were we were moving. So the lease was up when we decided to move back to the West Coast. And so I was looking for a job in Las Vegas and he was going to transfer his job to Las Vegas. And so what ended up happening was he lost that job. And I was like, OK, like this is terrible. I couldn't get a uh, position in Las Vegas. So I was like, well, I have to go to San Francisco because that's the only position that is open. So I'm going to San Francisco like I'm not going to be without a job and I'm just not going to do it and you don't have a job so just come to San Francisco with me we'll find a place we'll make it work I was making very good money and he was like no like I'm already going to Las Vegas and so I was like okay well go to Las Vegas so of course he has no job he's going to Las Vegas he can't afford the move he's depressed I feel bad because he is depressed and I'm just like okay this is terrible but in my head I'm also like this is what you get for flirting with these these women like this is what you get for trying to be Mr. Suave and Mr. Cool you lost your job because of it so um he moves out to Vegas and then I move to California and I come out to visit him and he he has a place or whatever he found a place and he can't afford the moving truck and I'm just like, did you not have any money in savings? Like the whole point was you were supposed to have money in saving. We were saving all this money. You should have money in savings. You get money from the military. So like, why don't you have enough money for this move? Like this was predestined before you even got here. So his grandmother, I guess, gave him the money 
for the um the move and was like oh it's your guys's wedding gift and I was like I never saw an ounce of the money I didn't even know she gave it to him until later on um in life and I was just like whatever like he needed the money I'm also helping him buy stuff for the house because I'm like okay I'm still working he doesn't have a job of course I'm gonna get his house set up um and then at that time he's pretending that he is going to the army full time still so I guess I don't know if his family ever knew he didn't work but he was pretending that he was full time in the army literally shaved off his beard and put on a uniform and would go over his grandmother's house mind you he was not transferred over and I think he was in the reserves because he only went on once a month on the weekends kind of situation already lying about his career so he was faking it till he was making it and I was just like okay um so I would come out as often as I could or he would come and visit me because I was struggling in California um because I just moved back I had to move in with my family and that was just stress so when we left Florida I said to myself I'm done with him like this is my out this is my way to be done I like he had done his cheating multiple times it wasn't just the one girl like I found out another girl so it was like something consistent with him and I was like okay I'm done of course he love bombed me back into the situation and he hoovered me back into the situation mind you I'm depressed now that I've moved back in with my parents after being away from them for six years moving back into that toxic house situation and me just wanting to go back to having my own space so I had nothing that was mine I had to share a room with my sister share a bed with my sister and it was just like I I was living out of a suitcase I couldn't even unpack my stuff I had to live out of a suitcase still trying to go to work and could not afford anything it's San Francisco it's super expensive and I was just so depressed I was like I just don't understand like how I got here in my life of course he's not working I'm helping him pay some of his bills and I felt bad because I'm just like, okay, well, you're doing all of this and you haven't found a job yet. And he's like, no, it's okay. Like, I'm going to get through it. I just want to help you. And I was just like, oh, that is just so caring of him at the time. Um, but honestly, he had the money his, his grandmother gave him. So he was just riding off of that. So eventually he finds a temporary job. And I'm just like, oh, congratulations. Great. You know, we're moving on up. Um, and I end up finding my own place. So things kind of like stabilized where I was like okay I have my own place things are great um in that time we were kind of like we would go off and on and have our arguments and get back together and all of that wonderful stuff and one time I remember um having a really bad like fight with him and I was just like I'm done and I I didn't have um one of the social media apps, one of the girls had reached out to me and she was like, I know you're in a serious relationship with him, um, but he reached out to me to rekindle old feelings. And I just wanted to make sure I wasn't stepping on any toes. So I didn't see that message until about a year later. So when I finally saw that, I I was like, you know what? I'm done. I can't do this anymore. Like we're, we've had our ups and downs and I, I just can't do this anymore. This is crazy. Like I'm so over it. Um, and I remember him like, doing his breakdown crap and everything he would always do every time we would break up. And I was like, no, like this time is different. Like, I just feel so different. Like, how could you like literally do this to me? Like, this is ridiculous. And, (laughs) um, 
which I, it was just hilarious. So he's having this whole hissy fit. And I'm just like, no, I'm done. Like, don't chase me anymore. I'm done. He kept making these promises. He was like, I promise you, I promise you, like, I'm never going to hurt you again. Like, this is it. Like, I'm getting help. Like, I'm just, I can't, I, I just, I can't live without you and all this stuff. And I, I just was like, no, I'm done. And I was, I was content with being done. I was like, I can't do this. So come to find out this man had a whole nother life relationship. He had a whole girlfriend. He had a whole separate life that he was living. I don't know if his family knew or if he told him we were broken up. But this girl, he was literally sleeping with this girl. This girl had been in his house. This girl had been to his job. Like this girl was confused as to who I was. And the only way I found out about her was um, during that fight that we were having, like we had taken each other off of social media and we re-added each other. And I went to his likes that he had been doing our tags. He was tagged in something and he was tagged in some flowers and I was like, okay. And so I look at the caption and it was like some flowers on a stove. And she was just like, thanks for the flowers with, you know, all these hearts. And I'm like, so I messaged her and I was like, um, do you know my husband? Like, like what, what is this? And she was like, well, who's your husband? And I, so I tell her and she was like, um, yes, I know him. We've been together for over a year and he told me about you and that you guys have broken up. So I don't know. So she starts telling me all of this conversations with him. And I'm just like, I don't know what you're trying to do or what you're trying to say, but I'm just telling you like who I am. And so she sends me one last conversation and it had been the day before that he had spoken to her the day before. And I was like, are you kidding me? So I call him and I'm going off. and I'm like, are you kidding me? Like you literally just said you don't want to hurt me anymore. Yeah, I wrote this soppy little post on like um, social media talking about how he hurt me and he wants to do better and he'll never do it again. And I was like, untag me from that. Like, do not tag me. Don't embarrass me. And I was like, you literally told me yesterday. And I was like, you had a whole separate life, a whole separate life. You were over here portraying a whole separate life. And he was just like, choose to believe her if you wish. My man, this woman has sent me screenshots of her being in the house. She has described your job. She, I have seen pictures of you with her with, with hearts and you, you, you booked a hotel for her video shoot or whatever it was. And I'm like, believe her if I won't. I, and then he goes into the, these hoes be lying. What hoes? I'm talking about one woman. What hoes, my man? So <laughs> I was just like, are you kidding me? So of course, him being a narcissist, he decides that he's sick and he's dying. So he goes into full depression mode and that he's dying, that his liver is failing him and that I just don't care. And he's boohoo crying, these crocodile tears. And he just doesn't understand he's going to check himself into a mental hospital because he's just sick and he can't take it. Now, me being the sick person that I am and not healed and not loving myself, I'm like, I can't believe he would choose her over me. Because at this point, he's kind of just like, yeah, maybe we do need to be over. And she's over here telling me like, you know, he needs to be truthful with you. And when he's truthful with you, then maybe you can find find it in yourself to get over it and heal. And I'm like, 
girl, what are you talking about? <laughs> like, uh, no thanks. And he told me how you are with his family and blah, blah, blah. Now, mind you, I didn't hate his family. He just always told me negative stuff that they thought about me. So in my head, I'm like, well, why would I hang out with them? Like, I have no issues towards them, but I'm not going to hang out with people who do not like me. I'll be cordial and things like that. He also did keep us separated from each other because he was a liar and you can't put me with them if you know you're lying. So obviously you had to keep us apart and triangulate me with your family. And so I was just like, well, have you met the family? Which she didn't answer because I'm like, I need to know if these people are like literally laughing in my face and then stabbing me in the back. So he's just like, you know, I'm going to check myself into rehab. I'm just not in a good spot. And I'm just like, okay, well, do you need me to like come check on you? He was like, I don't even know. Like, I'm just, and I felt so bad for him. I was like, okay, like I'm not giving him the attention that he needs. Like I'm in a whole different state. He's going through all this stuff and I'm not there for him. That's literally what I believed. And so I took him back. I was like, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do this thing. I'm gonna make sure that you know we we don't have these issues anymore. I'm gonna move out there with you. Like this is what you wanted. This is what you've asked me to do. I'm gonna quit my job, and I'm just gonna move out there with you. Mind you, my job had already been stressing me out. I made really good money, but I was super stressed out. I was having panic attacks. It was just so much on me. I had gotten a promotion, and I remember him telling me, like, well, maybe you're just not ready for that promotion. And I was like, (laughs) my man, I'm ready for it. Like, this is why they're giving it to me. But it was a lot of stress. And it it was just so much on me that it was changing me. My commute was crazy. It was just so much. So it all kind of came into one where I was like, okay, well, I have a savings. I can survive for a year without a job. I'm just going to go out there and, you know, just really work on our marriage and just, you know, be super strong. (sighs) It was a blessing in disguise because I needed to, I needed for this to happen, for God to really unveil to me what he was and who he was, honestly. So I moved out here to be with him. And honestly, the argument starts before we even get here. You know, the day before I'm moving, I I dealt some terrible news and I'm just like, you know what? Like I can't. And you know, he blames it on me again. And then we move in, well, I move into his place and we're arguing because I'm just like, you know, this girl was all up in this house. I don't want to be in this house. Like, I don't want this couch. I don't want, I don't want any of this stuff. Um, and so we're getting into these arguments. And of course, every time we get into these arguments, like <sighs> he never physically hit me. So I was never physically abused in that kind of way. Um, would he toss things at me? Yes. He, so he would toss things at me. He would break stuff around the house. He would um, take all the clothes out of the drawers and toss them at me and toss the drawer, um, but never physically put his hands on me. Was there a time where I thought he would? Yes. There was a time like where he kind of backed me into the corner and we were like nose to nose. And there was times when I would sleep with knives under my pillow. Like I just didn't know like what he would do. And so I prayed to the Lord and I was like, Lord, please unveil to me what he is. Like, what is this? Like, show me because I just can't do this anymore. I honestly cannot do this. Mind you, I had no job. I had been out here. I had been um, in the new state for maybe five or six months. And then a video pops up on YouTube and it was like narcissism. And I was like, okay, I'll watch it because my sister had said he was a narcissist. His his aunt had mentioned something about narcissism. And in my head, I was like, okay, a narcissist is someone who is vain, 
who just looks at themselves in the mirror and blah 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 and I was like that's not really him but it kind of is but it's not really him I was like whatever and I start to hear what it is and I start to hear about the triangulation and I hear about you know the rages and how they're all the same they do the same things and how they they trap you with a trauma story from their childhood which he he did you know his childhood was so traumatic and I was going to prove to him that you know he he is capable of being loved and he is a great person um and all of this is unveiled to me and, and I just start crying and I'm just like thank you lord because I'm so happy one that I know what it is and now I can move forward knowing what he is And so I devised a plan. I said, okay, I need to find a job. So I find a job and, you know, the Lord works in such wonderful ways because, you know, I'm searching for these jobs and I finally get one, you know, after I figure out what he is. I'm like, okay, cool. I knew I couldn't tell him where I worked. I had to lie about my wage so that I can continue to save money and plan my escape. So I'm saving money, paying off debt. And I'm just like, okay, I'm going to get myself in a really good position. And I told myself, I was like, okay. I had to keep reminding myself that he was evil because sometimes I would slip back into he's a wonderful person because we would go into love bombing phases and I'd be like, he's a wonderful person. He is super sweet. Like maybe he's not, maybe he's not a narcissist. And so I remember and I was like, okay, well, how am I going to do this work? Cause I kept telling myself, I like, I would write it in a planner and I was like, okay, this is my leave day. This is the day I'm going to leave him. And I knew when I left, it was going to have to be a big secret. I was going to have to be like gone in the night. He was going to have to be on like some type of trip. Something was going to happen that where I was going to be able to just disappear like instantly. And the Lord made a way. Basically, he was cheating again. And I figured I found that out again. And so I was like, oh, this is it, Lord. This is it. Go, 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 go. Like, this is the time. (laughs) Like, you've given me my out. And I remember I took it and I ran with it. And normally... For that that kind of cheating, I would have been just like, oh, whatever. Like we would have got over it. But this time I like I stuck to my guns. So he looks at me and he was like, well, why are we married? And I just look at him and I was like, thank you, Jesus. This is this is my chance. And I was like, well, if you don't want to be married to me, we can get a divorce. And then he was like, yeah, I want a divorce from you. I just can't deal with this anymore. I was like, oh, OK, that's cool. I was like, if you, I don't want to force you to be married to me and I'm not anti-divorce. Um. And so that was my out. And so normally, like, he would always try to bring up divorce to scare me. And I was like, I really don't care about a divorce. So I found a roommate. I had a job. They had just put me on permanently. And I was like, okay, I can I can do this. I can do this. And basically, I get everything together within a month. And then I leave. And the Lord made it so that it was so seamless my biggest fear was his retaliation at the time because I was just like oh my gosh he's gonna figure out where I work he's gonna come up to my job he's gonna act crazy because this is what he did like every time something didn't go his way he would have a narcissistic rage and he would do crazy things and so I was always super scared of him like what is he gonna do like if he figures out um you know I'm still in the same state because I told him I was moving back to California And, you know, I had a job in California. And so we had this discussion um, before we left and he really thought I was playing that I was leaving. And I was like, yeah, because you're so used to me pretending. I was like, but I'm done. And I was able to leave and never looked back. I mean, long story short is it's hard. And they say you leave about seven times until you're officially done. And I don't know how many times I officially left him 
Maybe it was seven, maybe it was more. But that last time I knew in my heart, like once you figure out what a narcissist is, you can no longer stay in that situation. They won't change. This is who they are. And on that first day is when I started to journal, which is why I'm going to share with you guys the 90 day detox on your emotions that you're going to go through, the feelings that you're going to have, but also looking at me and seeing where I started versus where I'm at right now. Is it perfect? No. But am I in a in a headspace that is so much better? I remember when I first left, I didn't know who I could trust. I was so discombobulated. I thought my friends would snitch on me. Like I remember texting them and saying like, hey, if he reaches out to you, please tell them like you don't talk to me or you haven't seen me or I'm here. And they were like, yeah, of course. And I don't talk to him. I would never tell him anything. But in my head, I didn't know who I could trust anymore um, because that's how they, they get you. So on this podcast, on this journey, we're just going to go through some ups and downs that I've personally gone through and, you know, some tips and tricks that will help you hopefully get through the first 90 days of not feeling alone because you're not alone. We all have at least somebody that we can reach out to, even if we feel like we can't reach out to that person. And if not, I can be that person. Um, But we're going to get through these 90 days and we're going to laugh through these 90 days because I'm going to tell you guys stories about my narcissist because obviously everything wasn't bad. There were some good times. Um, But just some of the things that they do, obviously, it's very repetitive and they all do the same thing. So we're going to have some good times. We're going to laugh through it. We're going to get you to this 90 day detox and we're going to get you on to surviving and thriving Thank you guys so much for listening to this very long story about my life. Um, I will see you guys in the next episode for day one of your detox.